welcome to Black Belt Selling with Stephanie and Anna Scheller. I'm Anna. And I'm Stephanie. We're a mother-daughter team who want to help you not just hit your target. We want to help you smash through those sales goals that you have to make more money and realize the life of your dreams. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash black belt selling. There we post content, motivational quotes. More importantly, you get notified when our shows go live on, uh, not Facebook, they go live on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. <laughs> there we go. This is why we're a team because, you know, sometimes words <laughs> don't make it all the way from here to here and, you know, it's helpful. No, definitely. It is. So, again, we want to encourage you to find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Black Belt Selling. And today, Stephanie, this is, last week we were talking about live streaming. We were talking about the power of live streaming. And I actually got involved in live streaming when it first started to become super popular on uh, on Twitter through the Periscope platform. And I got to meet a lot of wonderful, interesting people, which brings us to our guest, Garth Delican. Today, I met Garth on Periscope. And uh, so, Garth, welcome to Black Belt Selling. Hello, welcome to you. Hello, for, thank you for inviting me. Now, Garth is the lifestyle guy. He is the UK's leading lifestyle expert and he can help us achieve the lifestyle we've always wanted. Oh, wow. Feeling 20 years younger in only 20 minutes a day. Nice, is correct. <laughs> yes. He's always been an advocate of fitness. And actually, that's how I saw Delph. Uh, Delph, I'm sorry. Garth. <laughs> la, 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 la. I think what I remember most about you, Garth, is not just the amazing workouts you did on Periscope. But I remember that you would say, and maybe you still say this, if anyone can, Delhi can. That is the one, that is my hashtag. There you go. <laughs> I just, I think, you know, when I, when I uh, connected with you, I kept thinking, if anyone can, Delhi can. It just trips off the tongue, doesn't it? It's wonderful. It does. It does. <laughs> I love and it. You, huh? I love it. I'm just going to keep that forever. You should. It's a good one. It's a good one. But you are an advocate about exercise to help you weather stormy times because it gives you the energy that you need to take action. Of course, your program is bigger than that, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, cool. But um, I just want to thank you for joining us and uh, for helping our audience here on Black Belt Selling. Thank you so much for inviting me. I feel honored to be part of this little group. Thank you. Oh, well, um, you know, Garth... I know that you've been through a few things in your life and that have led to you creating this business, the lifestyle coaching. So maybe you could share, um, you know, what, what led to you becoming the lifestyle coach? Yeah, of course. It's, um, <laughs> it's a long story, but I shall give you the shortened version as, as, <laughs> as abbreviated as I can. It's quite a dramatic story, really, and I've catalogued it quite well in my book as well, The 20s Plenty Program. 
heavily plugging that, I have to say. But no, <laughs> but it started, the, the book started off as a blog where I, I just had a workout at the gym and I was feeling fabulous. And I just saw two people at the corner of my, there's this lady on a treadmill reading a magazine. I thought, she can't be working out properly. Then I saw this guy sat on a bench kind of texting in between doing stuff. I thought, they can't be feeling the same way I am. So I started to just write this blog about life and how I felt. And then it just turned into an autobiography. And how my, and that kind of made me recap on my life because it was quite dramatic. It kind of started, I'm, I'm, yeah, it started when I was 18. I remember I was 18 in my bedroom and somebody had bought me Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, The Education of a Bodybuilder. And that was the book that quite literally changed my life. I remember getting to this chapter where Arnold talked about he always wanted to be singled out as, as a hero. He never liked to be part of a group because the only time he, he liked to be part of a group, if he played soccer, if he scored a goal and he got the applause, he loved it because he was the centre of attention. And he decided he was going to use bodybuilding. He said, the first time I ever touched the barbell, I knew that was going to be the vehicle that was going to create my life for me. I was going to become the best built man in, um, in, in Germany. Once I did that, I know that Joe Weider in the States would invite me over to America um, to compete over there. My plan then was to beat all the American bodybuilders, use that as a vehicle to get into real estate, and then use real estate to make my first million and to get into, into movies. I thought, what a great game plan. So on my 18th birthday... I sat in my bed. I think I've still got the list somewhere. It's, it's so faded. But I wrote down, at, uh, and this is my goal list. At uh, 22, I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to be married at 25. I wanted a Ferrari at 30. And I wanted X amount in the bank by the time I was 35. Strangely enough, I got married at 21. I bought my first Ferrari when I was 22. And I set up my first business when, when I was 22. And kind of life just kind of grew from there. And in those days, I used to work as a freelance graphic designer. So I used to have a motorbike, and I used to get on my motorbike. I used to go to different companies around London and sell my services. I've always been not, not super confident, but I've always been confident. And I've always felt that projecting confidence and being confident was the best way to project yourself to the world and it's held me in good stead so at a time when people were charging x amount for, for their services i thought you know what i've got to charge four times that and a lot of people used to say to me you can't do that nobody's going to pay that i said well why not so well we don't get it i said well i'm not you and within three months you know i was I, I was actually hitting those figures and doing it within a short period of time i was on the circuit around london and my reputation grew quite dramatically and it was quite good because I, I was earning quite a lot of money and this is where I got the Ferrari from which was just brilliant and um, one day I turned up at this agency in London it was a small startup agency at the time but now it's one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world and at that time there's just 10 of us there and I was one of their kind of graphic designers along with this other chap now I ended up staying up there in that company for 20 years and within that period, I became not only their graphic designer, but I was also responsible for setting up their internal design studio and growing that business. And that business grew exponentially over that 20-year period. Uh, and in that time, many things happened to me in my life, like it, it does with people. But I'm giving you the abbreviated version here. So 20 years into it, I, I was a bit jaded. I really had everything a man could want materially or so I thought. You know, I had a gorgeous wife. I had two beautiful children, a, you know, a wonderful son and a wonderful daughter who are just still wonderful today. They're just the centre of my universe. I had a house, I had motorbikes, I had cars. But, you know, there was something missing in my life. And at that particular time, 
I just could not put my finger on it. And to me, I just thought, well, maybe I just need to leave this business and, and challenge myself. But I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to my, my inner self. I wasn't listening to the universe. Because like you mentioned previously, I've always been into exercise. I've always been into nutrition. I've always been into that physical stuff. And when I left the agency, a lot of people thought I would leave and set up my own gym. But I didn't. For some weird reason, I was intent on setting up my own design consultancy because I thought I just needed a different challenge. And it was the devil I knew as opposed to the devil I didn't. I didn't feel brave enough at that time to kind of make that leap of faith, you know. But the universe had been telling me things for quite a few years because all through my workouts at the gym, I found that I felt no stress. And one of the reasons that, if anyone can, Delhi can, was born was in 1995, when the agency had won this huge account, it was the B Sky Beer Account, which is now Sky Television. And we were working every hour that God could possibly send. It was like two in the morning, three in the morning, five in the morning. This was every night for three weeks. And the directors of the business were all briefing me on all this work to be done over the next few days. And one of them just said, don't you think we're, we're giving Arthur be too, too much work to do here for his business? And one of the directors turned around and said, no, if anyone can, Delhi can. So that stuck in my mind. So I thought, I'm going to use that forever. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I used to go to the gym on a daily basis, and I used to leave any pressure I felt, boom, on the gym floor. On the gym floor. So whether I was weightlifting, I would train, I would have a fabulous workout, come back to work, and the world was a wonderful place. I would go to the dojo, I would spar with my sensei, or I'd spar with somebody else. I would leave all my troubles there. And that did a number on my brain, because I thought, you know what? If I can challenge myself in the gym like this, if I can leave all that stress and worry there, there's something in this. And I don't know if you guys work out, but you know, when you surpass yourself in the gym and you challenge yourself and you think, hang on a minute, I could only do 50 press-ups uh, 12 months ago. Now I can do 150. How is that possible? What, what's changed? And I know physically you get stronger, but there was something about things in my mind that was changing. I knew I was breaking down barriers and opening doors that I didn't perceive previously. And as soon as I clicked into that, I thought, you know, if I can do this in the gym, if I can do this in the dojo, I can do this in business. And I became fearless. And because of that, my business just grew exponentially. You know, it, it was just turning over a huge amount of money. Anyway, I left this agency armed with all this physical stuff, all, all this knowledge, all this excitement. And I set up my own multimedia agency in Carnaby Street in London. You may, you may have heard of Carnaby Street. It was huge in the 60s. Uh, and I ran this business all being successfully for about two years. But what I didn't realize at the time was my then business partner and also my financial director, he wasn't all that he should have been. And things weren't right within the business. And he was showing me one set of figures, but there was actually another set of figures. And he went away on six weeks honeymoon. And I just kept getting all these calls from people who I knew, like, and trusted and who knew, like, and trusted me because they'd known me in the advertising world for 20 years. Saying, you know, this, uh, when are you paying this invoice, Garth? We haven't seen sight of it yet. I said, well, I signed the check for that two weeks ago. You, surely you must have got it now. This went on for about two weeks, and things weren't getting any better. So I called in a friend of mine to look at the company, and he spent two days in the company, and he just said to me one day, he goes, Garth, you better sit down. I said, well, I said, things can't be that bad. He said, mate, it's even worse than you think. He said, I don't know what set of figures this guy's been showing you, but these are the real figures. And this man had not paid any tax or national insurance contributions for me or my 15 employees for the two years we've been in business. It was dreadful. It was such a shock. And I put £10,000 of my own money in the business. 
Uh, and I had to close the company down because I was trading illegally. I had to close the company down that day. It was so serious. I'd been married 20 years at the time, so bear this in mind. I'd left home that morning, and my wife said, oh, I love you. See you later, darling. I rang her to tell her what had happened, and her exact words of more or less were, you know, I know it's not the best timing in the world, but I've not been happy for a while. I don't want to be married anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. So my, my life as I knew it quite literally ended at that moment in time. And it was dreadful. You know, there's that old saying about you can't fight a war on two fronts. And you, you just can't, you know. My entire support structure had been taken away from me. The person I loved and cherished more than anything in the world. And all of a sudden just turned into the deadliest enemy I'd ever known in my life. It was dreadful. It was like a door had opened in the back of her head. And this complete stranger popped out. And this woman who I'd known and lived and loved with for 20 years... She's just gone. It was just absolutely insane. Oh, insane. my goodness. And, uh, I spiraled into depression. I also got clinical yeah. clinical depression. And as a grown man, I had to go and live with my mother for about two years because I, I just couldn't cope. I just could not cope with oh everything that was God. coming at me. It was a legal battle with my partner. Then it was a legal bat battle with my ex-wife. And then her just kind of spitting vitriol and bile at me every time I saw her. It was just dreadful. Oh my god! Oh yeah, so I crashed and burned quite quite spectacularly. So from having everything, I literally had nothing. <laughs> wow! So it, was a, it, was a, it was a very very dark place to be in. So there I was at my mum's, not being in the best spot in the world. And I just thought, well, I've got to do something about this. And I thought it was then that the universe came knocking on my door again and saying, "We told you two years ago, you weren't very happy. You had to get out of this game, but you didn't listen to us." So I thought, well, I'm listening. <laughs> so we're going to beat it into you. <laughs> I'm listening now. What do you want to tell me? Wake up, boy. I decided there and then I was going to become a kickboxing instructor because I've always been into kickboxing. And I love being in front of groups of people. I love interacting with people. I love giving my energy to people. And I love feeding off the energy of people. It's like a two-way street, you know, big circle you, you kind of fulfill. So I went away on this Friday. I went to this gym in London. And I said to these guys, look, I've got this fabulous system. I've got some funky moves. I do it all to great music. And I said, great. We'll give you three classes a week starting from Monday. Now, I went away pooping my pants because I had no system. I had no music. <laughs> I was really I was really blagging it, as we say over here. But over the weekend, I put together a complete course. And it, it was fabulous. It, it took off really, really well. And then people, and I felt in my element, you know, I was, I was being physical and I would, it was, just, it was just wonderful just interacting with people. And within a short period of time, uh, we, I was in nearly every gym in London at one stage. Then I got into personal training because uh, I, I could teach kickboxing as a personal trainer, but I couldn't be a personal trainer because I wasn't certified at that time. So I went to St. Mary's University in Twickenham. I became a personal trainer and a nutritionist. And I was very lucky. The very first client I got when I, when I qualified, and to this day, I still don't know how she came into my life, but she was a very, no, very, very well-known psychotherapist based in uh, Kensington in, in London, you know, the posh, the posh bit of London. Yeah. And she had a client there, if I would believe, and she was brilliant. She's a Hungarian lady, and she sounded very much like Zaza Gabor. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she said to me, darling, I tell you what, I love you so much. I fix their brains, you fix their bodies, yeah? <laughs> Before I knew it, <laughs> she, she, was, she was a darling. She really was absolutely wonderful. She was, so, she was very, very good to me. And within a short period of time, I had this client base around Kensington, Chelsea, Mayfair and Knightsbridge. And I was going into wealthy people's homes and 
thrashing them basically for lots of money. <laughs> and what you find, because uh, I was charging a lot more money again. Again, my confidence came back then, and I thought, you know, personal trainers are charging X amount, but if I want to get to where I'm going, I've got to be, I've got to set myself above the others. I've got to set the bar quite high. And the way to do that was to set my charges high because the perception is if you are expensive, you are damn good. Yeah. In my mind, anyway. So I, I did that. And within a short period of time, again, you find that you're not just a, a personal trainer to people, you're also a, a confidant to everything that's good or bad in their lives. <laughs> and I found that all these wealthy people who seem to have everything are just the most unhappy people in the world. It, it, was, it was crazy. So I found myself giving them advice. And even though I thought I had the experience to give them advice, I didn't feel as though I had the credentials to. So I then started looking into life coaching. So I went to Newcastle University, um, qualified in life coaching, started to some of my clients, really loved it. Read a book on NLP. You've heard of NLP, haven't you? Mm -hmm. yeah. programming. And I thought, I love that. That is so powerful. So it I decided is. to become an NLP practitioner. That led me into hypnotherapy. And hence the lifestyle guy was born. <laughs> wow. the, the kind of um, parallel I like to use uh, over here we I mean you've got breakdown services over there haven't you uh, the breakdown service over here is called the AA or the RAC and basically if you break down on the freeway the highway they turn up and they've got every tool in their van to get in the road again the lifestyle guy is my vehicle to get you back on the road again and that's the kind of analogy I like to I like to use so that is my um, life story in a nutshell. <laughs> holy cow! <laughs> I, thought, I thought I had quite the story, but I mean, jeez. You haven't lived as long as me and Garth, Stephanie. What kind of story, right? <laughs> I right? know, I you know. know. You, so, yeah. But, you know, Garth, I think one of the things, I've, so I've been writing a few notes, and the funny thing is, you know, a lot of people, when they start out, they're pretty timid. You know, they're afraid to charge more. You yeah. can do that. You were like, uh, to quote you, <laughs> if you are expensive, you're damn good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, how, how can we harness that in our own businesses? Because, I mean, how do you build that confidence? You're the, you're the lifestyle guy. Help us out here. It, it, it's, it's all down to faith, faith and belief in yourself. You, you've got to have an unwavering faith. You've got to have an unfavoring belief in yourself but you've also got to get you've got to have discipline and consistency but also you do have to be very good at what you do you know there's no point being mediocre and saying you're the best out there because all you're going to do is obvious oversell yourself and people are going to hate you you've got to you've, you've got to i always think no matter what you charge you've got to over deliver on your promise anyway yeah. so I, I i always do that so i always try to explain I always try to exceed people's expectations of me and I always try to exceed my own expectations of myself and they're always quite high anyway. And I, you've got to deliver. If you don't deliver, you know, somebody comes knocking and they, they pull you down very, very quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, I always tell people you can charge whatever you want as long as there's a reason for it and as long as you're going to deliver what, you're, what you've promised. Like, price is not the issue more yeah. often than not. I mean, unless they're literally like, like I've literally had people log me in because I'm sitting there. I'm like, price is never the issue. What's the real problem? They're like, no, 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 Stephanie. Let me log you into my bank account real quick and show you. I have five bucks. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, maybe. But for the most part, we accept it as like, oh, I'm priced too high. And I'm like, very seldomly is that actually the case. Um, a lot of times we're just willing to ask for it. 
No, because I don't think this is, I don't think, I, I think in different ways from, from most people, because even when I was in advertising, see, even when you meet a marketing person, you know, because I'm trying to ramp my social media up, and I've spoken to several people of this last few weeks, and they go through this entire list of questions that, oh, it just seems to be by rote, and they always talk about, well, who's your competition? Do you know who your competition is? What is your competition charge? And you know what? From the age of 22, 23, I don't give a damn about my competition. I never have done. Competition is always going to be there. People yeah. will come to you because people know, like, and trust you. If they don't know, like, and trust you, they won't do business with you. Your competition is always going to be there. Your always competition is always going to charge Y, but you can charge X. It doesn't matter. You know, and I couldn't get it through to these. I, it was only just recently, I, I, I chatted to these two marketing people. I could not make them understand. I was not interested in my competition. I didn't know who they were. or I was aware of them, but I didn't care about them. They can go and do what they want. I'm doing what I want. And they just won't have it. So I didn't use them as marketing people in the end. No. I, no, because they no, don't believe in you. They don't no. believe in you. They believe in their system. They believe in, and that's, you know, um, I love how you say you got to have faith and discipline because because we come from the martial arts and you understand this because you're black belt, right? You're black yes. belt. Yes. So yes, second we're belt, all yeah. black belts. We understand that one faith. You have to know it. You have to believe it before you see it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I remember my own training. I re when I got invited to become a black belt, Garth, and Stephanie knows the story. And probably, I've probably told this story a million times to our audience, but I'll share it with you today. Um, I was shocked that I was asked to be considered as a black belt because I was 49 years old. Everybody else could kick higher, faster. They were, you know, they could do all of these fancy things, and I barely could do the sidekick decently. <laughs> but but my, I later found out that my instructor looked at me and he said, you have heart. Yes, but it wasn't until I saw myself as a black belt. One day it dawned on me. It was really crazy. I'd been training for two months really hard. I lost bunches of weight because I was, I was training that much. I was so afraid I wasn't going to get it. But I trained and I trained and I trained and I trained because I, I was afraid I would not get it. And then one day the light bulb came on and the light, the light bulb, bulb was moment. this. I love that moment. <laughs> the light bulb was, you are a black belt. All you have to do is show everybody else what you know. I continue to train hard, but now I trained hard because I was a black belt. And <laughs> that's what black belts do. Exactly. You know, but it's the discipline. And you mentioned that the discipline is so important because so many people or so many times we're tempted to give up when things don't work out. Exactly. You know, you want to speak to that for a moment in your own, in your own practice and how you help people. You've, you've got to be ready to step in to step into your glory, to step into your light. Your glory is there and your light is there. But if you don't have the belief that you're going to step into that light, it's just never going to happen. You're always going to live in the shadows. But it is about creating a clear vision about yourself and what you want to do. Because without, you know, there's no saying again, a captain will never set off on a journey uh, in his ship or in a plane without having a preset destination. Because otherwise, he's going to either fly around in circles or sail around in circles. And life is very much like that. Unless... Yeah, and you, you don't have to have lofty goals. They, they, they don't have to be huge goals. They can just be bite-sized goals, you know, just to get you started. But so many people believe in creative visualization, as I do. However, the basic thing that they, 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 they miss out of the mixture of creative visualization is 
action, bloody action. You've got to do something. You cannot yes. sit there visualizing your backside off, hoping your life is going to be created. You know, I, I, action, momentum creates action, <laughs> action creates results, and you've got to do it. It's great to visualize, and it's a very powerful thing to do. And creative visualization has been proved to work because it, it fires off all the uh, preoceptors and neuromuscular things as, as, as you're really doing it. However, unless you follow through with action, it is never going to happen. You, you can just sit there and get a numb backside with visualizing. You better get up and do something. <laughs> I heard a few few months or a few years ago, someone said, you know, the most powerful part of the law of attraction is the last six letters. Action. Action. And like that's with, absolutely true. I, I like that. I like that. Too, like without, without, without action, it's just attract. And what exactly are you going to do? with attract and I was like that's that's because we do we get so caught up so is that probably the biggest issue you see pop up regularly when you're working with people yeah it's kind of a it's a it's not even a lack of motivation I think it's more of a lack of direction so what, yeah. I, what I try and do with people is I try to get to the nub of what it is so the system I created is, uh, is the 20 plenty system and it's based on what I discovered over the years, I call the three emotional mirrors, or, or the three unconscious mirrors, sorry. And they're the three mirrors in your unconscious mind you're the most reluctant to look into. And there's only three, in my experience. There's a physical mirror, the mental mirror, and the emotional mirror. Now, the physical mirror, it's obvious, it encompasses everything. Right. You know, the way you feel about yourself, the way you look, uh, whether you exercise or not, etc. The mental mirror is more about a work-life balance and everybody trying to address that work-life balance. And it's to do with having, that is to do about goal setting, having schedules, you know, whether you've actually planned your, your day up properly within your working day. And the emotional mirror is a big one, really, because this is it's about anger, sadness, fear, guilt, anxiety, all those dark thoughts that you have. And usually what you find when you do the quiz on my website is nearly always, even if you get to the physical mirror or the mental mirror, once you start to work with me, it invariably goes back to the emotional mirror. Because if you don't feel good about yourself physically, there's something up here that's happened in the past, or just, or just not too, you know, not too far in the past. If you're not moving forward in your life for whatever reason, you, you might fill in the the mental mirror and you talk about work-life balance. It's always something up here that hasn't quite clicked. And like you were saying, um, Anna, you know, it's about discipline and having something to follow through with. And some people just they, they know they want something better. They know they want something greater. But they, they haven't sat down and either written out their goals or tried to visualize their goals. It's a feeling that they have, that they want to be better and they are better, but they, they can't seem to conceptualize it sometimes. You know, I, I think that's powerful. I really believe, I, I can see that in a lot of people. And uh, in, the, in the business of sales, and I know you understand this, Darth, because you are in sales, whether you're a business owner, whatever you are, we're all in sales. Yeah. And, um, okay, where was I going with that? From Oh, yeah, now I know. I remember. <laughs> Thank you. Just okay. bring on the music. Um, the, the thing is that when I work with people in sales, 90% of the work I do with them is about their mindset. It's about what they visualize. It's about what they see. It's about what they believe. Yeah. It's about what they feel. You know, if they've been shortchanged by a salesperson and they consider that the experience, then that's a hard thing for us to get past because then they associate what they're doing 
with something painful. So, um, so the three conscious mirrors, I want to reemphasize that because I think those are so important. Physical, physical. mental, so, and emotional. Exactly. And, um, and you go into greater depth in your book. So tell us a little bit about your book and how people can get, uh, I know people are just like, this amazing guy who's been through hell and back <laughs> has something to offer me. So, uh, you know, tell us more about your book and how people can get in touch with you. Well, I, I wrote the book basically as an inspirational story. I wanted to show people that, you, you know, you, you could crash and burn, but it didn't mean that you were going to die. You know, you could rise from the flame and, and you could become a phoenix. You could arise from the ashes. I wanted to show that you can do that, but it does involve pain, you know. So I don't hold back in the book. I kind of put all my feelings out there so people can see, you know, because I did abuse myself a little while as well. Because you do, you lose all your self-esteem, you lose your direction. And if you think of life as a three-legged stool, you know, all three legs were ripped off my stool completely. And, you know, it, it was just a dreadful period to be through. So I kind of I kind of, of talked through all that, my feelings, how I felt. Uh, but then I, I get to the bit at the end because I wanted it to be also a self-help book. So all the tools, techniques and strategies that I learned, you know, through my martial arts, through my weightlifting, through coaching my clients, through training my clients, through being a life coach, everything that comes up, I've tried to encapsulate in this book. And hence the three mirrors that we was born because I kept thinking to myself, you know, when because pe people talk to me sometimes about reflecting, and that's how this concept of mirrors came up. Because I thought, hey, if you're reflecting about things, mm -hmm. you're looking at something in your unconscious mind that's been reflected back at you. And how is it being reflected back in a positive way or in a negative way? I thought, well, it doesn't matter which way it's being reflected back. If you can capture that and just get the essence of it, and then direct people with kind of words, patterns, whatever, to kind of move in the direction that they want to go. That's a really, really powerful tool and technique that you can use. Uh, but, you know, I need them to fill in the quiz first <laughs> so that I actually know where they are, which yeah. is a starting point. But it purely is only a starting point. It's not the magic that's going to make things happen, you know, because the magic, and I'm not even a magician, you know, I can't click my fingers and pull a white rabbit out of the hat. You know, the desire has got to come from within. And I say that mm. to people all the time you know I, i'm no magician you know i always ask them where are you are you where you want to be in your life if not why not and number three what are you doing about it and how is that working out for you i said there are three really important questions to ask and they've got to answer all three questions and some people can't and they struggle with it but then you've got to ask them unconsciously where they're going because the unconscious mind always knows <laughs> so isn't that the truth i know exactly oh my gosh so the book enca encapsulates that. It, it, it's about my life's adventure. It's about getting back on the road again. And this is how I did it. And if you want to follow, do it. You can too. <laughs> well, guys, great I, story. I first of all, Garth, I've just been, mom was mom was messaging me. She goes, "Your turn to ask questions." I was like, "I'm just listening." <laughs> 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 it's not normal for me. I'm, I'm usually have lots to add to the conversation. But, um, You've I, shut her up. I just want to thank you, Garth. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I probably told too much. That's the problem. <laughs> but it was so interesting. I mean, I'll be honest with you. So many people with what you went through, so many yeah. people would have spiraled into depression yeah. and stayed there. They And, and we, there may be someone listening today who's like, I yeah. can't run a business. Look at what happened the last time. Um, and, and your wife, the woman you loved, the yeah. woman who was everything to you, she, out of the blue, says, 
you know, goodbye. I'm, I, I'm not feeling the love anymore. You know, I mean, what kind of, what kind of person? Oh, speaking of, hey, that was, that was my love. And he doesn't feel that stuff. We were married 35 years and that boy will never say that to me. Right? Right, honey? Say yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't forced at all. I oh, no, 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 no. I heard fear in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a second degree. She's a third degree. So, you know. Oh, but, no. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to just bring up a few points from our conversation just to emphasize the importance. One, that you can do anything you set your mind to, and your life circumstances do not dictate your future. Your past doesn't dictate your future. That could have happened to you, Garth, and it didn't. You know, another thing is that um, the most powerful, I, I had to say this about what Stephanie said, the most powerful part of the law of attraction is the last six letters, action. And you, you talked about that because I too, I, I practice creative visualization, but you know what? You, if we're not doing anything about it, it doesn't <laughs> do anything for us, right? No, absolutely. You, you have to. And, um, and I love how you don't worry about your competition, that you, no, you work on the no like, and trust factor, which is actually how you ended up on Black Belt Selling because I knew you, I liked you, and I trusted you. <laughs> oh, see, it works, doesn't it? It works. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I think it just speaks... I think um, I always tell people, you know, as a sales trainer, as a sales coach, I always feel that I get uh, judged on how well I handle my sales process. And I think that you as the lifestyle guru, you, you've just, you know, there's there's guy. Huh? Lifestyle guy. Lifestyle guy. guy. <laughs> lifestyle guy. <laughs> I hate that word guru. <laughs> Dude, it so well that it's like you, you brought everything to the table just in this confidence you speak of it. You already, you already show people you are your own. As I joke about, I tell everyone, you should be your greatest testimonial. You should be your greatest success story. You, and know, I, you know what as well? The, the thing I say about confidence, I, th I think confidence is the greatest thing you can actually have because you wear it like a shield of invincibility. Yeah. And when you project that amount of confidence, nothing bad ever comes back to you in your life because that confidence just deflects it and you only yeah. seem to attract positivity in your life. If you are, you know, you don't want to be overconfident. So you, you don't want to be so confident that you're arrogant or a, or, a, right. or a braggart and be accused of being a braggadocio. You don't want that, you know. It's about just being confident and everybody knows that they can trust you because you actually know what you're talking about, you know, you know what you're doing, and you project that, and you, you engender trust through that confidence. And when you project that, like I said, it is like wearing a shield of invincibility, and just wonderful things get attracted to it, and horrible things just deflect off it. They just never happen. Well, this has been fantastic. I would love to have you back on the show, Garth. I really, oh, really thank you. Um, I know for our listeners out there who are sitting there going, wow, I would love to spend more time with him too. There is an amazing way for you to get about 135 pages worth of Garth over <laughs> on Amazon. We will post the link in our Facebook group. So you should totally go join us in the Facebook group. Um, that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash black belt selling. And we will also make sure that as you join that group, you will get notifications when we post our new uh, our every week when we get the new podcast up. So, Garth, thank you for taking time to join us today. I know thank it's you late. Thank for inviting me. Today, but um, I hope this was worth it. I had a, I had a ball, as you Americans say. <laughs> <laughs>
That's just because you shave your head. So you already you brought the ball with you. <laughs> I have to shave it. <laughs> <laughs> My husband says the same thing. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, for our listeners out there, here's the deal. You have life in your control. It doesn't matter what hits you. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You have got this. You design your future. You design your life. You've got control. It's time to stop focusing on just hitting the target. It's time to smash it. Let's reset the target. Let's go for something bigger. Let's go for something greater. Remember, you've got this. We'll see you guys here again next week. I'm Stephanie here for Anna. We're the Black Belt Sellers of Southwest and Central Texas.